Welcome back to Kaya on Noonga 100.9 FM. Um, my name is Shoshi and I'm still here with my friend Shube. And this week we were fortunate to speak to a freedom fighter, uh, a former Perth resident and former AFL player, Eritia Lamumba. And um, this is what Eritia had to say. Okay, here we go. Eritia, thank you for taking the time to speak to us today, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, it's, it's a privilege to be here having this conversation. Uh, now, we've got a few questions for you. You obviously uh, grew up in Perth, um, and then uh, you became a professional footy player. Uh, how did that happen? Yeah, well, I started playing football. Um, I'd say mostly there's a lot of different factors, but mostly because... Uh, my mom, she married um, a Anglo-Saxon Australian who was a mad, um, a mad Essendon supporter, mad you know, AFL fan, mm-hmm. and um, he, you know, he became my stepfather, and it was just, I guess, being within close proximity with him and how passionate he was, it just became something that was a part of. Um, our household and the, our family at the time. So you know, I started my journey into AFL. Um, I'm talking about just the game itself. Yeah. From a young age, from like I was kick age. I think I was maybe six years old. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, I just I progressed through the ranks. When you get to about 13 years old, um, that's when the standard of, of competition begins to get a bit more serious yeah. you start to have rep- representative teams so i was in at the time i was in the east Fremantle zone in the in um, for you know the, the waffle for the wafl yeah and um you know i started playing in from going from like a local team to the district so the east Fremantle, mm-hmm. and that starts around the age of 13 so you start playing against better competition yeah. if, you, if you were to get in. And then, obviously, when you get older, when you're within about two years of the draft, uh, which is 16, 17, and then into 18, um, that's when things get really serious. You, mm. You're having you know, every game that you're watching. So every game that you're playing, you, there will be scouts and you know, AFL representatives, even sometimes AFL coaches and players come to watch the, um, the under... 16, 17s, and 18s, and that was I was playing um, in the the Waffle Colts competition. So yeah, kind of the the best of the under 18s. Yep. Uh, for within Western Australia, playing that competition, and what happened was was um, you know I was always playing in these in in the best competitions. Yeah. Uh, but I was never really guaranteed to be drafted. And I, at the time, I was um, I had a pretty impressive uh, group of players that I was playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, for example, the the person who I think was pick number two or three, um, Buddy Franklin. We he was in my year as well to be drafted. So I wasn't any by any means the highest profile of the the young talent. Yeah. I was always someone that they thought, okay, he may or may not get drafted. 
Yeah. And as it turned out, I actually didn't get drafted. Yeah. Um, I missed out on the draft when I was eligible. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, was um, I ended up calling Collingwood, that they recruit one of their recruiters, and asked them if I could get an opportunity to just train and yeah. just oh, show wow. what I. Yeah. As a result, they got back to me. Long story short, they I, they said I could fly over to, to Melbourne on the next flight and go and train, which I did. And I was I trained for two weeks in the preseason just after the national draft mm-hmm. and I got picked up in the rookie draft. Yeah. So that's for the players that didn't get drafted. So that's how I got my foot in the door in the AFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's how I got in was really I, I basically picked myself, you know, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was you know my beginning starting at the bottom of the ladder at the AFL as a rookie on a one year contract and then mm-hmm. you know just slowly um, cementing my spot in the side with consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that actually that says a lot about you. And then for me, hearing you say that, a lot of things make sense. Um, which. Uh, moves to my next question, which um, uh, there's a quote that I actually that I that I uh, took down from uh, your documentary uh, called Fair Game, and um, it goes something like, "It's very easy to be labeled an angry black man. It's very easy to be labeled crazy. You do yeah, you do reach a point where you've had enough, and you either want to give up or do something about it." Um, now you said this in your in your documentary. Now, when it comes to um, you know your your football and what you've been through in the in the last few years, um, why did you not give up? Um, that's a great question. There's numerous factors as to why I didn't give up. Mm-hmm. I'll say one of the biggest and most important factors was just my personal. <clears throat> development, my personal evolution, yeah. the uh, the expansion of, of my worldview, mm-hmm. what I was really fortunate to be able to do when I got into the AFL. Yeah, and, you know, I, I went moved from Perth to to Melbourne. It was the first time I was living away from home, and when I started playing, I started earning money that I, I'd never been able to earn before. And um, in the off seasons, what I would do is I, I would just I would go either back to Brazil mm-hmm. to be with family. Yeah. Or I would travel. I would always pick somewhere throughout the African diaspora or the continent. So yeah. some years I'd go to Jamaica, I'd go to um, to Barbados, Trinidad yeah. and Tobago, Puerto Rico, Cuba, um, mm-hmm. the Congo, Mozambique. So I was, I was traveling oh, wow. every off-season. I would go somewhere where there were... African people, yeah. you know, where there were people of African descent somewhere mm-hmm. in the diaspora. The reason why I, I did that was because <clears throat> I was <clears throat> I was aware, yeah. of, you know, of, of the fact that the spaces that I frequented the most, just by way of being in Australia and then being in Australian football, mm. was was um, heavily dominant, mm. dominated by um, by white Australians. And, Anglo-Saxons mm. um, and you know it's just a fact that um, that changes the social dynamics mm. um, or if you're a person of color particularly if you're a person of African descent or, mm. or if you're black yeah um, and 
So I always found comfort in being able to go to places where I could be somewhat invisible. You mm. know what I mean? Where I could walk on the street and I would, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't stand out in any way, shape, or form. And some of the the more subtle and some sometimes overt like forms of discrimination, yeah, um, I would face socially. So yeah, I, I, the more I travelled to these places throughout the diaspora and the continent, the more I engaged in the history, the more I I, practiced, I was able to practice culture and learn. And over the years, that each experience was um, was expanding my worldview and also um, evolving my my own identity. Mm-hmm. I was I was understanding more what it meant to be black in this world, and mm-hmm. to, I was able to understand that I was part of, and I am part of a global people with a with a rich history and a rich culture, mm-hmm. and with serious um, social issues mm-hmm. uh, that are different in each location, but are all interconnected. Yeah, and so with that consciousness, with that. Um, with that new worldview or the worldview that was expanding, it got to a point where, you know, I, I was able to see the continuation of what my experiences were and mm-hmm. what the experience were, experiences were of my ancestors. Yeah. You know, so the, what, the, the quote that you, you mentioned is you either... Um, you said you. Uh, what I what I said was you, know, you either yes. give up or you do something about it. Yeah. And by learning about what my ancestors went through and what my people and more broadly people of African descent have gone through um, through history, mm-hmm. I was able to recognize that it was actually my purpose to do something about it mm. because I wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't have the freedoms that I have today if it wasn't for the people before me who made the decision to do something about it. Mm. So, mm. so that that's that's um, that's how that's why uh, I would say that was that was a fact. That was probably the strongest um, factor. Yeah, and that and that kind of ties um, to my next question as well, um, which which um, is about your name and and you reclaiming your name. Um, now, I think we live in a country where minority groups feel they need to change their names or, or agree to whatever nickname is, is easier for white people or, or you know, you're going to school. I've heard stories, for example, of somebody who said, you know, like a whatever, Asian kid, black kid, um, they told the teacher their name and then the teacher was like, nah, sorry, I'm going to name you whatever and then they call them whatever why was it important for you to reclaim your name um it was important to me because of everything i mentioned in the previous answer the fact that i was able to understand uh, the significance of my name i was able to understand also the impact that um assimilating on on many levels had on Know, my self esteem, my self esteem, and my sense of self worth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you when you have a so when you when you so in my I can speak for myself. Yeah, I know it's a common experience for a lot of other people that have reclaimed their 
names, yeah. you know, or, 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 or rename themselves something that's more aligned to um, the, the that, inner that, reality. That, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, it got to a point where I had learned so much uh, about history that the name Harry O'Brien, every time it was uttered or every time I would read it, it would bring me a sense of discomfort. Mm. Just because it represented to me uh, the fact that the dominant culture in the society I was living in, which is Australia, mm. had managed to almost or essentially colonize my name. And, mm. and in doing that, they colonized my identity. Yeah. So once I understood the dynamic of play, I then, it just became so uncomfortable. I'm like, hang on a second. This, this is a right for me it doesn't sit well with me and you know i i just had to it was a point where i just had to do something Mm. i didn't really i I don't i didn't really have a choice and i've said you know i say this all the time but a name is an affirmation Mm. that you utter consistently Mm. you know so for Mm. me to hear harry o'brien all the time harry o'brien for one i'm not irish two two it's it's just reaffirming this uh, dynamic that renders me inferior in, within a within a certain um, um, societal structure, if that makes sense. So societal yeah. dynamic, and I, it just I just was not prepared to continue to reaffirm that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you moved from Brazil, obviously, to Australia. Um, you have uh, Bakongo roots as well. Um, how have those experiences, um, you know, how has that shaped you? You might have answered some of this, but can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so, again, going back, this is very history centric, but it's to me, history is so important because yeah. if you know what happened in the past, then you know know where you're headed yep. you know why where you are currently are you know where you're headed and you mentioned Bakongo mm-hmm. which is um, the Bakongo nation um, which was part of what was once the kingdom of Congo which yep. if you look into the history you'll see that the kingdom of Congo was um, was one of the most advanced societies not just on the African continent, but mm-hmm. uh, throughout the world in that time, in mm-hmm. terms of the development of social structures, mm-hmm. the political system, um, um, the whole range of different th- things that, for example, at the time in, in Europe when the Portuguese first got to the, the capital of the Kingdom of Congo, which is a place called um, San Salvador, mm-hmm. they, some of the, the earliest observations were that it was actually far more advanced than any other um, capital mm-hmm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. And, um, what actually happened, so that was in the, the mid-1400s, mm-hmm. where for, well, really the late 1400s when the Portuguese first got to that, got there, and then like through over the centuries, colonization happened. There were there was a lot of resistance, but there was also a lot of manipulation. Um, mm. 
through external influences and part of that history basically from the 1500s onwards for 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 you know almost 400 years mm-hmm. people were um, being trafficked out mm-hmm. of there into mm-hmm. what was known as the new world which is the americas mm-hmm. that south america mm-hmm. um, north america and also the, the caribbean and so there was more people that came out of west central africa which yeah. the kingdom of congo encapsulates than any other you know any other place yeah um, and as as i said i've traveled throughout different places throughout the diaspora and yeah. you see the influence of, mm. of 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 the congo there of, and you see the descendants of 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 uh or people who have a congo ancestry mm. and you see the influence within the culture mm. so for me the more i understood that the more i understood the significance and the the um the enormous contribution that my people have had on humanity it, it, you can't help but um, understand that you're destined for greatness mm. you know you're destined for greatness mm. if you if you choose to be mm. and because we all are every yeah. human being is every yeah. human being has the ability to to um to to be all that they can be yeah unless or I should say not every human being because obviously um it, obviously people have varying levels of of resources and mm-hmm. and different different barriers but when it mm-hmm. comes to being able to to recognize or being able to 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 have the ability to to um to to do what you're meant to do on this earth mm-hmm. uh, every human being has a purpose Mm-hmm. in this life. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately what has happened because of colonialism and the severing of history and the the hiding of history and also the the severing of ties with with culture and and ancestry what has happened is that we have lost the knowledge and control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that narrative has been spun because of a eurocentric perspective mm-hmm. um, because it, we we know um, that you have to prove that a people one of the justifications for the transatlantic slave trade and the and the colonization of the african continent and all, really all over the world was that the people were inferior in fact that was written into law yeah. you know that 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 the that the natives were inferior they were mm-hmm. subhuman mm-hmm. and so Unfortunately that's the program that's been indoctrinated into all of us yep whether us whether you're white or black yep and and for me um you know I'm no different but the more that I I learned about history yeah the more the more that narrative shaft started to shift and I also began to look at myself differently as well mm. and so when I started to relate with myself differently and my, and my identity became more intertwined with like what was hidden or taken away from me mm-hmm. um it started to shift the way in which i interacted with the world around me so um yeah that's that's significant to me but also i am um you know my roots as well my mom and my maternal lineage yeah and, and my mom's yeah my paternal lineage is from the uh 
He's from the Amazon, yeah. from the Amazon state. And my mom was born in the capital city of, of the Amazon state. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have native ancestry as well. Mm -hmm. And so powerful, powerful indigenous peoples on both the Americas and, and the, um, and the African continent, mm -hmm. which I'm extremely proud of. You know, and obviously I have, I do have um, European as well. My mom has, you know, she, she has European heritage too. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the, what I'm trying to say is that um, we're in a paradigm that's Eurocentric. So in order to, to, um, to move beyond that and uh, reap the benefits of the richness of the cultures and histories that are shared, you know, you have to go and go on that journey yourself because no one's mm. going to give it to you. The system's not set up to, to give it to you. But I can guarantee you that when you do and you begin to break through, break free from the lies and yeah. the deception about you know, who, who um, Indigenous peoples are, then it, it, it is empowering. And mm. so that, you know, that's what I would say. Yeah, uh, you know the importance of my heritage, mm -hmm. and that, um, and um, you know, with ha having a look at your sort of your social media, um, um, you know, some of your interviews as as well, you always seem to stand in solid solidarity with the traditional owners of this land where we are in Perth, in Australia. Um, uh, why why is that important to you? Oh, that's it is um, found. It's fundamental to my life was fundamental to the way that I see the world. I'm proud of the fact that I spent, I've spent the majority of my life um, on, on indigenous land, on sacred indigenous land, on both, um, both coasts of the, of the continent. Yeah. Because that's what Australia is. You know? mm -hmm. it's, it's, it really is, it's a continent mm -hmm. which have hundreds of, of nations and, and tribes who have been there for tens of thousands of years, mm. and um, you know, I, I understand that me being an immigrant mm -hmm. into the country, I, I come from a, a refugee background. That's how we got into Australia was yeah. because my father's journey as a refugee. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I I still understand that I'm a settler. Or I was a settler, you know. I'm, I'm not, no longer living there, but um, and really, I I know that as a black man who faced racism throughout well, in Australia, I know that the people who feel the most severe uh, forms of discrimination are the First Nations people. Mm. And you know, because you're, you're dealing with dispossession of land, you're dealing with centuries of history of, mm. of oppression, but also resistance. And with that resistance to the oppression, to the genocide, um, there were freedoms that were won, mm. and the freedoms that were won off of the blood, sweat, and tears of the people of the land, I have reaped the benefit of. Yeah. So I yep. would not be in the position that I am today mm. and I would not have had the privileges that I had um, on in on the continent Australia if it wasn't for the sacrifice of 
people who the First Nations people, mm -hmm. the black people mm -hmm. who came who came before me and also the people who pay the heaviest price still to this day. So for me, um, that's central to my identity. Mm -hmm. it, it is, and it grows. I'm always learning. There's just so much to learn. I don't know anywhere near, uh, you know, as much as I, as, as um, I could, yeah. you know, to be the best ally that I can be. But to me, it's a commitment and an ongoing journey. So mm -hmm. that's why it's, it's important to me, because just out of the respect Mm -hmm. And the recognition of the fact that, you know, I wouldn't be doing. Well, I, one, I'm, I'm, I've, uh, I grew up on stolen land, mm -hmm. and two, the freedoms that I've enjoyed in that system, in that, in the colonial system, have yeah. been because of the the centuries of resistance. Mm -hmm. Wow, man! Thank you so much for that. That was. Uh... <laughs> That that was there was there was lots of lessons in there for me, and I'm sure there'll be um, a lot of lessons for a lot of people out there listening too. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate. It. Like I said, um, anytime it's it's a pleasure and a privilege to be um, on this platform, and you know I hope we can do it again sometime in the future. Thank you.